UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. And welcome back to the last show before the big game on Sunday. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. Katie Sowers, uh, simply put, is a trailblazer. As an offensive assistant for the San Francisco 49ers, Sowers, a Kansas native, made history as the first female coach in a Super Bowl when the 49ers faced off against the Chiefs in the 2020 Super Bowl. Sowers, who has also made history as the first openly gay NFL coach, went on then to coach the Kansas City Chiefs in 2021. Today, Katie Sowers is the Director of Strategic Initiatives at nearby Ottawa University and the assistant flag football coach there, and she joins me now to discuss the rematch between the Chiefs and the Niners on Sunday. Katie, so nice to meet you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So you've worked with both of these teams heading into the big game this year, and you know I have to ask this. Which team are you rooting for? And I bet you've been asked that question 9,000 times the last few weeks. Uh, and, you know, the politically correct answer is actually the honest answer. I, I don't think I'm going to know who I'm cheering for until the game begins. Really? I, I, I've been diehard Chiefs after I left the Niners. And now, you know, it brings back all those 2020 memories where the Chiefs really broke my heart. They broke your heart because you were with the 49ers. Then. That's right. That's right. Wagers between the two competing cities have been pretty common. Are you or your Ottawa team placing any friendly bets with folks out in San Francisco? Well, you know, we my my Ottawa team actually has a lot of bandwagon fans. You know, we all of a sudden I'm I'm looking around my team and I I have a half the team that is now diehard Niners fans, really, and the other half is Chiefs fans. But no wagers going on. Not you know. It, I feel like there might be some pride battles going on, but yeah, nothing. I don't. I'm not a big better. I I like to just you know keep my money in my pocket. So yeah, get that. Me too. <laughs> so why are folks from Ottawa in, nearby here? Why are they into the 49ers? Yeah, that's a good question because yeah. uh, right now I see a sea of red, and that red is not 49ers. That red is Chiefs. But you know, with with how passionate my team is with the game of football, and you know, they they got to know my story, and and so I think it's a natural progression. Aside from also just a, a really really good Niners team as they always are. You know, you stand for seeing women break down the barriers in sports and you say they deserve opportunities to play at the highest level. Are you seeing that happen more regularly here or does it feel like there's still a long way to go here, Katie? I, I do feel like I, I feel like we've come a long way, but we do have a long ways to go. If you know, I was just reading not too long ago about the history of soccer. And I remember thinking as I'm reading it, you know, when when soccer was just kind of getting into the D1 realm, a lot of what they were living through is what I feel like I'm living through right now with with football. And I think one day we'll look back at this game and we'll say, remember when it was weird to think of a woman playing football? Yeah. And and that will hopefully not be the norm anymore. Hopefully the norm is going to be D1 colleges picking up this game and knowing that no women kidding. can play. That's what you see in the future. Absolutely. Are colleges becoming more open to women crossing these gender barriers that society has placed on them in sports? They are. The NAIA, you know, picked up flag football three years ago. We're on our fourth 
our fourth season. And I've been blessed with a, an amazing team that has won all three championships. No so since the loss, you know, since Kansas City handed me that loss, I've done nothing but win. So, you know, I, I take some pride in that. But yeah, I, I hope to see a day when, when D1 colleges really pick that up just for more of the financial burden that a yeah. lot of these students face. So you were with the 49ers when they lost to the Chiefs in 2020. Tell me for just a second, having lived that experience, what's it like losing that game? Man, you know, after after the news came out about first woman to, to coach in a Super Bowl, I, you know, I think to myself, well, Kansas City actually made me the first woman to lose a Super Bowl, which is, you know, a great, a great little stat to have. But there's there's this idea that you're just going to be happy to be there, you know, and and that's not the case at all. You get so close to something that is so rare and and to come so close to be up 10 in the fourth quarter and then to lose that. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It really is. And you see just how different your life could be. You know, all the players talk about how different life is when you win a Super Bowl and and you know the respect that you gain from just winning that pinnacle of sports. So to be so close it hurts, but you know there's so many people that wish they could be in that position and so I was grateful to to experience the Super Bowl. It's not lost on me that it's been 4 years since the 49ers lost that game until they got back into it again here. Yes, it it feels like yesterday but it feels like forever ago. Yeah. So after the 49ers you joined the Chiefs staff. Can't help but wonder what did you learn from that experience here in Kansas City? Yeah, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, I guess. So <laughs> when I when I joined the the chief staff, one thing that I noticed right away is Andy Reid is as great as everyone thinks he is. I was going to ask you. And, and he's he's one of those guys that it's almost like this uh he reminds me a lot of my my father. Um and the 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 dad, that teddy bear, that that is so real and that you get a lot of players that just want to play to make him proud. I mean, how is he different than any other NFL coach? Oh, he is hands down different. I mean, you, you if you just look at the comparison between Kyle and Andy, you have like hip uncle Kyle, you know, the the hip guy that that is going to make your team believe through X's and O's that you are you have a chance every single game regardless and then on the other side you have you know papa andy reed the the dad that you just want to make proud and and you don't find that often you see a lot of times i think people get so stuck in their ego and who they are when they're you know on a big stage in the nfl but he, out of everybody that I ever reach out to, or I still keep in contact. He's the quickest one to respond. Really? And no matter what. Yeah, he, he's he been awesome. And you get a sense that his relationship with his players is a little different than the relationships that other coaches have with their players. Yeah, there is a there's a pure love for not just the player, but for the person. And he makes sure that his players know that, you know, I don't care about you just because of what you can do for me on the field. I care for you because of who you are as a person and the man I want you to become. And that's really something, what you just said. Absolutely. You don't find that very often. Um, And for you, having had a chance to work for someone like that, that really certainly had a huge impact on you. It did. And, you know, to, to... 
come into the NFL can be intimidating, especially coming into a new team, a team that you had just lost to in the Super Bowl. But he welcomed me with open arms. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better mentor. Did the players give you a hard time coming from the 49ers I, to the Chiefs? I did. I did get a hard time. And actually, <laughs> I my, my older sister gave me a harder time making sure at every family reunion, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> when you look at the offense of both of these teams on Sunday, what do you see and Let's start with uh, the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. What do you see there? Because you've seen them in a way that most of us haven't. Yeah, I saw a great comparison the other day. You know, they said Patrick Mahomes is better, not, you know, not the same guy, but better compared to Michael Jordan than to Tom Brady. And I, I, you know, I was thinking about that and, and the way that he can just make plays and that he can make the players around him better. In, in kind of more of a freelance type of thing, when he's scrambling outside of the pocket, his ability to see the field is a lot like Michael Jordan back in the day. And so you it, know, when it's I so think fun of Michael Jordan, I think of someone who is, you know, was just so determined to win that he alienated a lot of people around him. He didn't care. It was all for the sake of winning. I don't think of Mahomes in, in exactly that same way. I, I don't think of, of Mahomes in that way. I, I I see it more as the way he plays, the way he sees the field, not necessarily about the way he feels for the game. I think that his passion for the game is pure. I think that he wants to win just as badly as anyone. But yeah, you know, the, the comparison of seeing the field is is unlike anyone else. How about some of the players on San Francisco side? Who stands out to you? And I think right away of someone like Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, Debo, Kittle, all those guys. I still remember, you know, seeing them in the locker room after that loss in 2020. And, you know, I still don't know who I'm cheering for, but I just know that there's going to be there's going to be some motivation behind cool. those tears that happen. Yeah, there were a lot of tears. After a, lot that of, game. a lot of tears. Yeah. What do you think is going to be the, the deciding factor in a game like this? I, I think it's really going to come down to who wins the turnover battle, who, you know, if, if if Kansas City can get one, can the Niners get two? And, and that will come down to, I, I really think it's going to be a one possession game and whoever has the ball at the end, I think is going to win it. The other thing that strikes me, and you would have a better perspective of this, is how much turnover there's been on, you know, particularly the 49ers team since the last time they were in this game. I think I read somewhere that the complete offensive line has has switched since uh, even the game four years ago. That's amazing to me. Uh, yeah, you see so many of the the players that have gone. You know, you look at Raheem, who's with Miami, and then the coaching staff you, with Mike McDaniel's leaving, and and you have so many people just branching off. But you see that that the culture that Kyle has in place there, the the scheme that he has in place, it doesn't it doesn't change. It, it changes in the best way, but it, it never is impacted by anyone leaving. You've made it really clear that you're, you haven't decided who you're rooting for yet, but do you have a gut sense who might win this game? You know, I, I, I'm going to not make very many people happy, but just I do think it's going to be the Niners just because I, I saw what fire they're going to have the, mm. from that previous loss. And I think it's going to be hard. But, you know, it's going to be hard to beat the, this dynasty that Kansas City has built. I mean, do you become a dynasty when you've won three or are they a dynasty today? You know, I, I do think it takes three. And, yeah, you know, the Ottawa University that. knows about three. Because uh, you've won the it, last three. We've won three. So yeah. if, if Patrick has any questions, he can ask my quarterback. So do you get a sense of who these people are off the field? You know, the p- players people always want to know about are Mahomes and Kelsey. Tell me about them. 
they are the the same guy you see on on TV is the same guy you get in the the classroom when they're watching film. Uh, they're both goofy. They're both down to earth, easy to talk to. Uh, just really, really fun guys. Kelsey's entertaining as he was on Saturday Night Live. Extremely entertaining. Always I'm, screwing around. I mean, I remember sitting in the tight ends room and he's just pacing around, you know, eating whatever snack he had for the day and just tell it, you know, helping the rookies out and and giving tips and just, you know, being that guy, that cool guy that just kind of paces in the room. Some people say he's got the best hands in football for a receiver. He can catch the ball more easily than anybody. Do you see that? You know, I I think he has great hands. I wouldn't say they're the best, Mm. but I I think he's the best at finding open space. Yeah, no kidding. yeah, Yeah, when it's not within the timing of the play. We'll be right back. Well, let's get into your career just a little bit here. Uh, you know, Katie, growing up, you went to college on a basketball scholarship, thinking football wasn't even an option. And here you are, an historic coach on multiple fronts. What led you to this point of becoming an historic figure in the NFL? It started early. I loved football. If anyone's seen The Little Giants, that I think that movie actually impacted my love for football. Mm. And it was a matter of, you know, random missteps that I thought, you know, was mistaken scheduling here. It was a not getting a job there that actually led me to coaching a fifth grade girls basketball team where it was Scott Pioli's daughter was on that team. And mm. and Scott got to know about my background. The former and, general manager of the Chiefs. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then he was in the middle of transitioning to Atlanta. And that's that's how I ended up. It was not until about three years after I met him that that an opportunity actually came up, and that's where I met Kyle in Atlanta. So you become the first woman to coach in a Super Bowl. When you first came into the NFL, how were you accepted as you look back on it now? You know, everyone always says, uh, do the players accept you? You know, how, how are the players? And I think the players were some of my biggest advocates. I, I soon turned 30 after I first um, entered into Atlanta. You were a young woman. I, I was young. And, you know, 30 was a big deal, but I was at training camp. But I remember Julio Jones surprised me with a with a birthday. The great game. wide receiver. Yes. Yeah. And, and to see a veteran that has been in the league that is not only saying, you know, here I am celebrating your birthday. He's saying you're good enough and, and you're just as important as everyone else. And so that meant a lot to me. I was going to say, I bet from coming from Julio Jones, that meant a whole lot for you. It was huge. Yeah. Now you're the director of strategic initiatives over at Ottawa University here in Kansas and working alongside your sister. How does coaching in the NFL translate to coaching uh, women's football? Man, that you when when you coach, you lead people, regardless of what gender it is, regardless of you know how much money they make. At the end of the day, you're trying to figure out the best way to motivate a person to be the best possible person on and off the field that they can be, and that all translates. Now, what I've ever expected to coach with my sister, never. Uh, sometimes, you know, it, it, it's like we're playing Madden against each other. Or we're like a, an episode of The Office, and it, it's. It's pretty entertaining every day at practice. I was going to say, she's not just your sister. She's your twin sister, she's right? She's my twin sister. And you told our producer, Liz Ruiz, that this is like uh, working with her is like an episode of The Office. So I got to wonder, I'm a huge Office fan, w- which of you is which character from the show? Yeah, so I'm not good with names. And this actually came from my team. But for, according to my team, so the main guy, what's his name? Um, Michael. That so that is Liz, Steve and then Carroll. I think I'm yeah. the one, right. the the one with the glasses. Oh, you mean Phyllis? 
I don't know. I'm yeah, you don't know all names. the names. Okay. That, the big guy with glasses that I think is funny. Oh, Kevin. Yeah, yeah maybe that, Kevin. Yeah, or, or maybe it's the white. Yeah, yeah. One of those. You yeah. have to ask my team, though. They, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, they gave me a good character. So is it your game plan to return to the NFL someday? For a while, I thought it would be. But, you know, as as disappointed as people might be when they hear probably not going back to the NFL, I, I try to encourage people people to understand that you know I am I'm coaching some of the best elite athletes I've ever coached and they just happen to be women mm -hmm. and and so I think you know I'm loving that building this game for women building them with the platform that I have that's become your mission now that, that's my mission in life you just got back from Vegas on Wednesday Katie you were there to speak on the EA Sports Madden NFL field and the future panel what was your message for young folks and maybe more importantly, women athletes? Yeah, I think my biggest message to them was the importance of confidence and believing in what you can do and, and this idea of accountability and not waiting to have the answers given to you, going out and getting those for yourself. So how are you going to watch the game on Sunday? I got to, you know, I'm inviting my team over. We have oh, yeah. the upstairs is going to be for the Chiefs. So we have that decorated <laughs> for the Chiefs. And then the downstairs is decorated for the Niners. And I might be going in between both of them. I'm not sure. Well, I hope you'll come by the KCUR booth next Wednesday when the Victory Parade rolls down Main Street. Would love to talk to you again at that point and get your reactions to what you just saw on Sunday. Absolutely. Because I wasn't there when they, they beat the Niners the first time. So, yeah, maybe maybe if they win this time, I'll be at the parade. Well, that's Katie Sowers, again, Director of Strategic strategic initiatives at nearby Ottawa University. She has coached for uh, both the 49ers and the Chiefs. What a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Lauren Texter. Paul Nakatura works our board. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.